Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And this is a very special episode of the podcast. They're all very special. This one especially special. (laughs) Because it sounds totally normal. Like, everything's about the same. But I just, uh, Kim (laughs) decided to dye her hair this morning, so she's sitting in front of me right now uh, with a cellophane on her head and also a towel wrapped around it. I can't hear anything through my monitor. (laughs) I don't know if this is recording. I can't tell. Oh, it's so fucking funny. You have headphones over top of a towel. I can't, I can't hear a thing. They're doing nothing. Oh, it looks great. I, you were like, I can do this. I've done it before. And in my mind, I'm like, I, I, yeah, I think she has done it before. But I couldn't remember if the headphones went under your neck. Like, I tried uh, that. They fall down. They, they sure <laughs> do. And now you've just opted for, I don't know, I, I, you can't hear. I don't need to hear. And I'm just going to shout the whole episode. <laughs> this movie is crazy. Right? That's the right energy to bring to this. Damn, this is what we should do from now on. We just need to be a little deaf. And, and so that way we're really loudly appreciating the bizarre fucking insanity. Yeah, so like John did not say, this week we are talking deep cuts. We're finishing our double feature. In part one, we talked about Eyes of Laura Mars, written by John Carpenter, and this week we have a doozy for you. This one is co-written and directed by Wes Craven. Yeah, you know, for John Carpenter, to try and find a deep cut for John Carpenter, all of his movies are, are pretty well analyzed and talked about and, and known. So we, we had to go with something that he had only written. Wes Craven, as equally celebrated a filmmaker, does surprisingly have some movies in his early career that just no one mentions. This is one of them. Yes. And good God. We need to become like the John the Baptist of deadly blessings. Like, yeah, we all love my soul to take. Fucking weird, bizarre slasher movie. Where are the deadly blessing fans? 2023, we're calling it. This is the year for deadly blessing. (laughs) Yeah, deadly blessings is currently free on Tubi. So if you haven't yet watched it, it is accessible. We should also, I'm saying, pick up the Scream Factory blu-ray release we need to own this movie do you think there will be commentary or something do you think somebody will explain it to us i honestly don't want any answers (laughs) such a so kim billed this to me is like oh hey it's a 1980 movie 1981 movie from wes craven it's a slasher movie early slasher from with mr wes craven you've never heard of it also stars a very very young sharon stone michael berryman's in it it's set on an amish farm okay so that was the biggest weird moment was when we we opened it up we're like oh yes it's on tubi this is perfect we opened it up and the preview image was like a woman with a bonnet on like a in a field and you're like is this 1642 what is this slasher even i'm very excited it was is it a slasher i guess it is it's totally a slasher movie super early in like the 80s slasher boom but none of that describes how weird it gets 
this is Wes Craven's Lost Highway. Like, this is Wes Craven's David Lynch movie. It's insane. It's fun seeing it at this stage in the scope of the horror sphere and, you know, what he went on to do. You know, Freddy, one of the big three slasher villains of all time, uh, one of the most, like, long-lasting franchises. And to see him do an early slasher in the era of the POV, stalk and stab, you know, nothing paranormal happens, and still have a weird paranormal tinge, yeah. you feel like you're going up the stairs of Wes Craven's brain, going like, I want to have an iconic slasher villain, how do I get there? And this feels like the sketchbook. Well, yeah, and you also see the you know, sort of the footprints of some of the the bigger scares of Nightmare on Elm Street, especially, and the types of stories he likes to tell. Hell yeah, it, this could have very well been a straight slasher, but it has so much more underneath the surface that we've got to talk about. Yeah, at every turn, he wanted to try and make it as weird and nightmare logicy as possible, and there's there's. A lot going on, and which is a long way to say that we really want you to watch this movie. You absolutely have to seek this movie out. And it's so easy to watch because it's on Tubi. There's nothing stopping you from watching it tonight or before you listen to the rest of this podcast when we talk about every fucking bizarre choice. Or if you're on the way, oh, your way to work, as soon as you get there, go in the toilet, pretend you're <laughs> taking it. Go in the a- toilet. <laughs> not even, like, we're not even assuming that they have an office. Like, close the door. <laughs> <laughs> pretend you're taking a two-hour shit. <laughs> it's probably not two hours. One and a half. But then you have to finish the episode. So two hours. So, uh, obviously, we've, we've, we, we really enjoyed the experience of watching this movie. Could you maybe give us like real quick, concise, three good things. Let's just try and keep the template as we normally do. We've probably already said what those three good things are, but what 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 are three concise reasons why people should check out this movie? Three concise reasons. Okay, so we're we're gonna tag team this like we did the last one. Absolutely. Okay, so number one, let's go with a typical setting. You think going into this, you're getting uh, a folk horror, and then you're slipped a slasher. And then you kind of still get folk horror elements. There's a whole lot going on in this. It's very smorgasbordy. If something is not to your fancy, it's definitely got elements of a horror genre that you're into. Okay, smorgasbordy. And also for part two, I'll say ergusborgniney borgy. <laughs> smorgasbordy borgniney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ergus Borgnine's in it. He's basically like the main villain. He's the leader of the... Uh, Hittites and Amish community, and he is all eyebrows in this movie. He yells, furrowed eyebrows. He yells exclusively, hey, and at, at children a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see some kids get whipped with a cane by Ergus Borgnine? This is the movie. Number three, early Wes Craven nightmare imagery. Yeah, we know Wes Craven is the master of nightmares. Hell it's, yeah, it's just cemented in fact, and you get them even early on in his career. And you can definitely see the building blocks of A Nightmare on Elm Street in this movie. Uh, you'll be doing a lot of Leo finger pointing while watching it. That and somebody makes Sharon Stone put a spider in her mouth. That's pretty fucking funny. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so three good reasons why you should seek out uh, D- Deadly Blessing. There are so many more good things about this movie. And we're going to get into it right after the trailer for Deadly Blessing. In the rolling hills of eastern Pennsylvania, in this quiet community of simple farmers, untouched by time, a gruesome secret has been protected for generations. Into this world come three young women, drawn by the beauty of the land, unaware of the mystery it holds. How could they have known that what they would discover would call forth a deadly blessing. Your laws cannot crush the incubus. Ours can. There are three of us. We'll manage. We shall make it impossible for the incubus to rest comfortably your soul. If thine hand offends thee, then in God's name, cut it off. 
has arrived. Those who will not believe. Those who will not be warned. May you be damned in hell. Those who would defy its power. Become its prey. It's him. The chilling story of terror and suspense. Deadly Blessing. Now, Kim, this is going to come as no surprise to you, but uh, probably shocking for anybody out there who only thinks of Wes Craven as the absolute genius mastermind that he is. But Deadly Blessing is currently sitting at a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. That I understand is that. Crazy low no, for IMDb. No, I can IMDb. understand it. 33%. It's a very conflicting film. <laughs> right? 33% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 2.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Also, real quick, Ernest Borgnine was nominated for a Razzie in 1981. That's that's nice, though. But when you, Some the, recognition. So Yeah, sure. It's nice to have your work recognized by anybody. Even people who are constantly wrong about what bad movies are. Like, let's not forget that the first year that the Razzies came out, they were like, oh, worst director of the year. Stanley Kubrick for The Shining. Brian De Palma for Dress to Kill. Idiots. <laughs> like, complete <laughs> fucking idiots. Okay, so I know you researched this a little bit because you wouldn't let me sure. go anywhere near this movie on Wikipedia. You wouldn't let me have any answers or any... I have 100% <laughs> exhausted my research just now. Like, the ratings <laughs> and the one thing about the Razzies. After that, I am also ready to just oh, hop on this Wikipedia just, train with you. I was hoping that you would know whereabouts in Wes Craven's career... Oh, that I could tell you. Deadly Blessing dropped. Sure. Where are we? Because I know, so this is my layman's knowledge of Wes Craven, is that mm-hmm. he was a late starter in the horror genre. And, yeah, I think um, he was 40 when the when he the made The Last House on the Left. Yeah. And that was like, oh, wow, crazy. What is this? Who is this? And then there was just, a, you know, a waterfall of his genius. So <laughs> catch me up, John. Where are we? And that's that's always it, man. It, you're always just an 18-year overnight success, yeah, right? Yeah, it just that's happens. The idea. It's so, just you know, number one single, and uh, you're set for life. It'll come as no surprise that this is pre Nightmare on Elm Street, post Hills Have Eyes. That's probably. Like, I got that from seeing uh, Michael, Michael Berryman. Berryman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, they're friends. Cool. <laughs> Love it. There is a gulf in between The Hills Have Eyes and Nightmare on Elm Street. Deadly Blessings is real close toward Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. There's a handful of movies, some of them pornos. Uh, so he was doing pornos after Last House or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he I didn't... thought it was like I was doing pornos, but now I want to do straight scary horror. No, I mean, this is, I didn't read up on this much, but I, I'm, I've heard about it. It The directing pornography was just like, I can't get work mm. as a filmmaker because the only thing I have to point to right now is one of the most graphic movies people have ever seen in their entire fucking lives. Pick which one of my graphic movies you'd like to watch. Some of them are grotesque. Some of them are just boobs and ass. Yeah, like what I think you might be suited for is porno. Like that's that's kind of about it. Well, that's so. kind of how some actors or some directors work today. They do commercials on the side because oh. there's not a lot of, you know, credits with a commercial. You could do a bunch of like Butterfinger commercials and nobody would ever be, no one be, would be one the wiser and you'd lose your horror cred. Yeah, or music videos. Wes Craven was probably like Schmess Smation. Yeah, no, he did have a pseudonym. I don't remember what the pseudonym was. Like he didn't direct under the name Wes Craven. Um, Wes Craven presents. Oh my God. <laughs> From the director of Last House on the Left, like boom, theater clears out. <laughs> Sexy Trolls 2. <laughs> No, the pornography was called uh, The Fireworks Woman. And there was more, but I, that's the only one that I can see right here on that's Letterboxd. That's a classy name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After Deadly Blessing, though, like he's got you know Swamp Thing, Hills Have Eyes 2. Something that we've never heard of called Invitation to Hell, which we should absolutely check out, starring uh, Robert Ulrich. 
also available on Tubi. I think we should double feature that later. But yeah, so it's there were a ton of movies before Nightmare on Elm Street and Deadly Blessing is one of them. My head catalog was uh, Last House on the Left, Hills Have Eyes, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> the crazy thing too is that like, he had such an interesting career because there was also kind of a gulf between Nightmare on Elm Street and then like the, the next big hit. Because after that, you have like a handful of movies that I, I don't think a lot of people have seen, like Chiller, uh, a Disney movie, which is a huge surprise. Well, he did produce some things. And I oh, know sure. there were a lot of things that his name was kind of more or less slapped onto um, because he was a big name. And, and I kind of see that in uh, what Guillermo del Toro is doing now, it, but he's doing it to, you know, like champion, you know, Latino voices and and independent filmmakers and stuff and so that's really cool is like when you're at the height of your horror fame you're lending you know a bit of your clout to people to get things off the ground which i think is really nifty yeah but deadly blessing seems like him deciding to start taking some big fucking swings and like Every idea is a good idea. It doesn't matter how crazy it is. It's just like, it. this is a movie that is really shooting from the hip. Like, it just feels right. Let's go with it. Let's figure out how it fits later. Did you not get that impression? Like, like a nightmare almost? Yeah. Like how nightmares, nightmares? <laughs> I don't know if it's like a nightmare. It just feels like an early, an early work. <laughs> Finding one's footing, I shall say. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I liked this movie a lot more than you did. <laughs> I think I, I think a lot of it works. Uh, I don't think any of it makes sense, and I don't want answers. I am really not looking forward to the second half of this episode when we both cannot explain weird shit that happens at the end of the movie, and we have to turn to Wikipedia. I just want it to... I, I'm, I'm just really excited for the next 16 to 20 minutes where it just exists as it is. I love... So that's something I do love about it, is that it just refuses to stay in one lane it yeah. just simply refuses yeah because it starts with a amish community that is really mad at you know one of their own that has left to start a farm he went, and buy a truck he went to fucking california and picked up a lady and married her well not even that he went incubus. he went he went to california for an education oh number one like bam you have like that is a commandment breaker for them and, and then, then he, he brought home the incubus an incubus and a motor vehicle they can't handle it and also they are so horny for that tractor like everybody on the farm is just like oh look at that oh it does so much work it's got such big wheels Can I touch her <laughs> yeah and he gets murdered very early on in the movie in the darkest barn to ever barn yeah the the, the tractor shed slash chicken coop that's also where they're chicken uh, keeping the chickens um you're led to believe that michael berryman is maybe the murderer uh, because we saw him sneaking around the, the the shed earlier in the movie. And he just antagonizes everybody that's not a Hittite. Well, yeah, he antagonizes them by screaming incubus in their face. <laughs> uh, it's very unclear what they're getting at when they're oh, saying yeah. incubus. Incubus is isn't explained until 90 minutes in. So just, Is it explained? Well, somebody says it's like a devil thing, but until then you're just to assume that like, oh, it's the sinner i guess yeah i was i was confused because there was a girl who is, whose relation to to everybody in this movie was very unclear to me until the end of the movie oh you didn't know she was the daughter of the neighbor lady it's it was uh what is the nicest way to say that i smoked a lot of weed before watching <laughs> this movie <laughs> So there was there was some uh, it wasn't clear to me her relation to everybody in the movie. I ate an Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> I put myself in the right headspace <laughs> for what this movie I was on the right wavelength, okay? <laughs> I was receiving its vibrations. <laughs> they were running through me. And I was You're like echoing, for it. you're like incubus. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, there is a girl who's painting in the forest, in the field. She's painting one of the houses. Uh, and and Michael Berryman shows up and is just, he screams Incubus in her face and smashes her painting. And then later on, he also yells Incubus at his cousin who has left the community. He paints the word Incubus on his shed. And then they refer to his wife who has seduced him away from the, you know, God-fearing farm that they've been keeping in the family for generations as 
as the Incubus. So I, I did not know what they meant by Incubus. And by the time they started pointing the finger uh, at this poor woman who has just lost her husband, I, I was like, I think you mean Succubus, right? And like, is Succubus a trademarked name? Like, these are all questions I had. Like, could, why could they not use the word Succubus? I think Succubus is less religious than incubus so i looked this up this is like the only bit of research that i did before we sat down to record other than you know what movies wes craven had directed uh, an incubus is a demon in male form oh. in folklore that seeks to have sexual intercourse with sleeping women the corresponding spirit in female form is called a succubus oh right yeah okay so the incubus has tainted the women Essentially, yes. He's trying. So yeah, like you have a a succubus goes after the men, an incubus goes after the women. Okay, that's the idea. Uh, In medieval Europe, union with an incubus was supposed by some to result in the birth of witches, demons, and deformed human offspring. Okay, so you get witchy abilities, and that thus you are evil, evil. Yeah. So incubus, real thing, actual real thing. Did not. Well. Well. Oh, Kim, no, (laughs) fear the incubus. He's coming for you in the night. So Freddy's an incubus. Freddy is not trying to sleep with anybody. Mm-hmm. Freddy's already got you asleep. He doesn't but need he's it. your boyfriend now. <laughs> all I'm trying to say is there was all this incubus stuff laid, and then we pivot to standard... Slasher. Slasher, yeah. POV, like, where are the killers sneaking around, yep. walking around. Stalking all the characters in the movie. Stabbing people. Stabbing people in the chest. There is a great sequence when Michael Berryman gets murdered while peeping on Martha in her farmhouse. It's so fucking good. She's got friends over from town. Uh, one of them is, is a very young Sharon Stone, which is very cool. Um, and he's, he's watching Martha get dressed and like, oh, man, so I don't have any side boob over in the Amish community. Oh, this is so great. And then he sees a sheath for a knife sitting on the window which was very confusing super confusing right grabs it there's no knife in it like oh what is this for and then you know he goes back to watching her and just when he realizes that he's holding an empty knife holster somebody grabs him by the neck and stabs him in the chest yeah it It was a great sequence it was jarring yeah i was like whoa surprise even though we saw the knife thingy right alluded to Isn't, (laughs) isn't that always the greatest i think a lot of the kills in this movie are really well constructed or at least a lot of the scares in this movie are really well constructed. I would There's very few kills. Yeah, I would say that Jim's death in the tractor is is very hard to see. It's very close. So you could see they were really limited in space and stuff. Mm-hmm. So as an action sequence, like you're kind of like, what's happening? Did he is he did he die? Yeah, we're in a tight <laughs> dark shed. There's a huge bright light from the tractor sort of obscuring like who the killer is. But yet you don't really see a whole lot happen and he gets like a few drops of blood on the on the close up of an of an eyeball and I, it made me think that maybe this was a TV movie at first. Mm. But uh not the case. Actually, I did I did find while looking for character names in this on the Wikipedia article that one, this movie was a box office success. It cost 3 million dollars and it made 8.5 in the US. Cool. Not so bad. Uh, not great, but not bad. Uh, but I think it was Paramount Pictures was supposed to buy this movie. Uh, and then when seeing the final project said, no, thank you. <laughs> 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 they delivered the movie. It's done. Here's our final cut. And they said, yeah, we will not be touching this. <laughs> and then I think it went to United Artists, I think is, is who it wound up at. Probably because they would have had a hard time marketing this fucking movie. Like, is it about a demon monster that is trying to seduce women? Is it? Is it about a evil religious Amish community? Is it? Is it about a crazed uh, killer that is living next door that is might it? be? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing. Like, I by the I've seen the whole movie. I don't know. Let's play. Is it? <laughs> it's kind of all three of those things. Is it? <laughs> Which is what's your favorite part? Of the movie, like of those three things. The fucking ending. (laughs) Okay, just the ending. (laughs) Is Um, it too soon to go there right now? (laughs) No, I what I love is that while we're dealing with definitely a very real slasher person who's murdering people, you have no idea if it's based on religious belief. Like you're you're assuming that because that's the the most simple conflict that's presented you have um the amish community at war with these pretty women who you know wear machine-made clothing 
And then so you have a slasher and you're assuming it's one camp versus the other. Mm -hmm. But there's so much paranormal stuff that starts out as barely there in a way that you're just like, okay, this is just cool ideas. Like, yeah, these spiders could all be here for good reason these spiders make sense and well, it's then a fucking barn like it's a farmhouse yeah, of course there's spiders but then it just becomes too much and too weird and well it also seems to be happening to one girl like it's mostly <laughs> sharon stone who's having these nightmares who's just who's just beaten down by nightmares by the end of this movie yeah she becomes reluctant spider woman <laughs> And I guess also just lingering shots on spider webs with spiders in them. Like you will have a whole sequence play out and then the camera will rack focus. And like, oh, we're, we're actually from the, like, that's the POV of a spider is, yeah. is what we're watching, right? Well, the, I think the sequence where it really turns, like you were saying, was in the barn. She goes in to get some tools for Martha. I'm talking about Sharon Stone here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sharon Stone is Lana? Lana? Mm-hmm. So she goes in the barn because Martha is doing some farm work on her own. She's on the tractor. She's trying to figure it out. Martha goes in the barn, and we think this is a stalking sequence. Like, we think the killer's coming to get her. But everything about it feels off, different. First, the barn door won't open. And the way that the... the how loose the barn door is and how how loose, like, the connections are, it doesn't make sense that she can't get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the windows all black out. And you're like, how does this... How did the serial killer black out all the windows so fast? Is it multiple? Is it the whole Amish community? Is the serial killer the whole community? Mm-hmm. And then she ends up in the upper rafters and there's, like, this dark evil entity that could just be a human person, like, an Amish person cast in shadow it could also be a fucking demon uh, yeah i mean i think uh i think i just always assumed it was a person in a hood it did kind of look like somebody reaching out to her but based on how the rest of the movie goes could be an evil entity it's also where she discovers some bodies like that's where we actually first realize that people are being murdered mm-hmm. I, I think everybody just assumes jim martha's husband died in a tragic accident where he ran himself over with his own tractor <laughs> But it's totally fine, though, because he got his wife pregnant before he died, so he'll live on. Mm. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of that. The Sharon Stone sequence is hilarious because... She's really the only one that's getting... Terrorized. Tormented, yeah. (laughs) Somebody very clearly is reaching out to grab her after discovering a dead body. Um, like hidden up in the rafters and she really takes her time getting back out of that barn (laughs) and then the rest of the movie we assumed it very quickly because she's just you know fainted and and taken her leave on a on a couch somewhere and the sheriff the the way the sheriff is talking about her because yeah surprise the cops are involved a little bit uh barely they're like you should go (laughs) man there's a great fucking line from that sheriff here it'll be to collect your body parts or some shit (laughs) yeah he's like hey you know you might want to take care of this yourself i'm not going to be much help by the time i get here i'll just be part of the cleanup crew is what he says to her and like damn what a scary thought you're surrounded by people who Hate pay you? you for <laughs> yeah it, it's nuts also he lets the the hittites take the body of a character that's definitely been murdered and he's like no we got to do an autopsy and they're like nah and he's like okay i guess yep i guess i don't have to do any work here he, he says he's like i'll get a warrant for that body it's just like you know you're not filing any paperwork <laughs> no Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C tension between the farmhouse with Martha and her friends and the community like continue to grow um you know what the the brother of Jim who's now the eldest of the community 
is also deciding that he maybe wants to leave because he's so fucking horny. Like that's he even says it to Did his. Did you just say smitten? <laughs> no, not at all. Because he's in town. Like he's obviously he's got eyes for uh, one of Martha's friends, Vicky, who uh, in in a surprising twist, Patty Simcox is Patty Simcox from Greece, Olivia Newton John's rival. <laughs> yeah, John, his brother, has eyes for Vicky. And his he's he's also engaged at this point in the Amish community. Mm-hmm. And his fiance can see it in his eyes. Like she literally catches him basically cheating. While she's looking at wedding, wedding dress, dresses. Well, wedding dress patterns. <laughs> wedding dress. Okay, yeah, she's gonna make it herself, right? <laughs> sure. Uh but he he basically says to her, like, look, just fuck I, I just need to fuck right now <laughs> he likes like i do love you but i can't wait any longer i think is what he says he to be fair he is like 40 there's <laughs> <laughs> no way to live <laughs> so he's planning he's he's basically planning on leaving at this point he's sick of his overbearing father he's tired of all the religious rules um you know they continue to insist that there's an incubus living on the farm an evil entity that is controlling them that they're basically already dead is well, how and they look at it well he's only seen the girls to be like nice and friendly that's true they're all very pleasant people like none of them look like they're trying to seduce you and eat your soul <laughs> but uh you know the, that that's the that's the tension that's happening between the two of those groups and then you do still have this killer walking around and the supernatural stuff keeps ratcheting higher and higher like Sharon Stone is having creepier and creepier nightmares I don't really think a lot of it spreads to anybody else in the house like it's well, mostly a Sharon Stone experience yeah but there right? is there is a little bit with Martha but Martha is a very she, I think she wants to be a very practical cut and dry down to earth she really wants to to be you know not the farmer's wife but the farmer she's trying very hard to be I guess like the man of the house, the woman of the house. She doesn't want to give the land back to those guys. No, she doesn't. But even when 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 Lana's at her craziest, she's trying to ground her. Like she slaps her in the face. She's <laughs> she's trying to. She's like, "Yep, scary shit's happening. All the windows are open and the curtains are billowing in the creepiest way." But this is fine. Sit the fuck down. Like, well, Sharon Stone, to her credit, is having these crazy nightmares where these like eerie hands come reaching through the darkness and just like touch the side of her face. And spiders are crawling into. Her mouth. Yeah, well, yeah, and he's just like, open your mouth. Oh. Wider, wider. And then a fucking like tarantula drops from the ceiling into her mouth. It's crazy. We we completely glossed over the fact that somebody puts a goddamn snake in Martha's that's bathtub. That's what I was. That's what I wanted to mention when I was talking about Martha because. That, for me, is the biggest Nightmare on Elm Street tease in the whole film. Oh, like, yeah, he's using some of the exact same angles. But there's some really fun stuff, like, you had you had really noticed with the spider and how they were doing, you know, the upside-down room shots to get the, they were great. the spider on the ceiling. And you can see some of the tricks as he's perfecting them that yeah. he used in A Nightmare on Elm Street. But that, that shower sequence is uncannily sim- similar to A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, because even, you know, instead of, like, we all know the image of Freddy's gloves coming up between Nancy's legs. In this, it's a fucking snake. A huge snake. Yeah. When that snake slithers into the tub, it is full, like, I don't know what measurements are in the States in terms of meters, but it's like a meter and a half. I think it's a uh, big snake. I six, think, yeah. six feet? Is that a meter and a half? I don't know. It's a fucking snake. A, me- uh, a meter and a uh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> It's huge. It's gigantic. Um, and it's kind of bizarre how long it, it stays in that tub before she finds it. And like they tease you with it so fucking well. Like you think she's got it, she's reaching in and she's like, what the hell is that? And she comes back with a bar of soap. She's like, oh, how'd you get it? <laughs> <laughs> but then when she finally discovers there's a fucking snake in there, she runs and grabs the fire poker and definitely murders it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, self And she's just like, you know, snakes happen in farmhouses. And you're like, what? It was the incubus. So you mean to tell me it it's totally <laughs> normal for you to just draw a bath uh, and for a snake to come in through the front door, make his way up the stairs and go to a water source? You're just like, <laughs> farm life. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no, man. It's crazy how scary that is. There's there's an, another amazing sequence um, where Vicky has finally gone out on a date with John. They've gone to the movies because they're devil worshiping adulterers, uh, and, <laughs> and, and the the movies are super evil. But then you know they start making out in the car. The killer shows up. 
there's a bit of a there's a bit of a one two skip a few in this sequence where the killer cuts through the canvas top of her of her Mustang and for some reason they don't hear that but immediately starts trying to stab them and then lights the car on fire like I trying to describe this in the podcast is not doing the scene justice enough but the car is stalled out and the killer is pouring gasoline all over the car leaves the gas tank on the hood of the car and as she's backing away the killer lights a trail of gas by a by a tree that is following her up the field as she's driving away because she's continuing to spill gas onto the onto the road and then she stalls out it is a, such a great suspenseful sequence it's a real cat and mouse of is she's not going to make it out of this? Is she going to make it out of this? She's not going to make it out of this. Oh, she's making it out of this, and then the car explodes. Yeah, it's and a re- she does not make it. It's out a of this. it's a real will they won't they burn alive. <laughs> well, John is definitely dead. He got stabbed to death. Yeah, yeah. So she's in the car with dead John and a bunch of gasoline. <laughs> Man, what a what a great sequence. Um, I don't think anything after this. I cannot explain to you in, in coherent <laughs> terms because there's there's like like we've got a lot of threads that we got to tie up like is it a supernatural thing is it a religious thing is it just like a crazed murderer that we've been unsuspecting because surprise surprise there are some kooky fucking neighbors that live right next door well and you're not you're not even talking about the the Hittites <laughs> Oh, that's what I meant by the religious thing. Like, whatever, you know. (laughs) But can you explain to me beat for beat what happens in the third act of this movie? I mean, I'm just assuming. Okay, so. I'm assuming. As a person who's just recently seen this movie, I'm assuming (laughs) X. Okay, so the murderer is revealed to be Faith, the painter, who's the daughter of louisa the neighbor lady and now faith we've only seen her a few times she's doing some really fucking dope paintings some like farm life paintings that i would actually buy they're very cabinet of dr kilgari in like skewed perspective they look really dope she also collects some eggs for the girls and it's kind of a sleepaway camp reveal man that was such a weird left turn because she's definitely multi-sex right like she's dual chromosome or I'm not sure if it's a transgender thing or it's because mom wanted a girl. Like, it's it's not explained. There's a lot going on there, 100%. She's got a male chest. Yeah. At first, <laughs> at first I laughed because, you know, it's, it's the finale. We're wrestling with the killer. She falls down and her shirt flies open and we can see her naked. It's like... This is not the opportunity. It's like, 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 we need two more tits before the credits roll. It's like, oh, wait, there. that is a very flat chest, and we're lingering on it for far too long, and oh, she's crying now. Like, I think, oh, I'm realizing this might be a boy. We don't linger there enough to even understand what it is. Like, we don't know if it's a full sleepaway camp scenario. I'm kind of assuming it's that because of how male versus women the whole film has been. Mm. Like, the, the victim's thus far have been men in terms of dead bodies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking about torment. We didn't um, even talk about the surprise third act twist that like maybe Melissa is the killer because she totally takes out she's having these weird dreams about John, her fiance, cheating on her. She pulls a knife out of a drawer that we've seen recently is the killer's knife and she's now on like this like hypnotic mission walking across the farm to go find John to kill. There's a lot going on at the yeah, end of Yeah, I forgot movie. about that. Yeah. <laughs> So here, look, this is at least what Wikipedia has to say. Okay. Lana, overwhelmed by disturbing dreams, begins to believe that death is pursuing her. She's saying that death comes in the form of a spider, yada, yeah, yada, yada. Sure. That's all the incubus talk. Okay. Yeah. Martha discovers that Jim's grave has been dug up. Oh, Fuck, we yeah! forgot about that! Holy shit! Oh, yeah! She goes to her husband's grave. It's completely dug up. She's it's like, full of cool, chickens. cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, she opens the casket. This is my favorite part. She opens the casket and shines a flash flashlight in as though it's a 13 foot hole and it's like what's going on in there i can't see in here and then blah 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 blam a bunch of chickens pop out i don't even understand it (laughs) that makes zero sense to me but she does okay i'll just keep reading because i do remember what happens with uh with her dead husband's body martha discovers that jim's grave has been dug up and the caskets filled with chickens from the stoller's farm weird choice whose farm her i thought they were her chickens no. Or oh, these are the egg chickens. These are the egg chickens. It's weird that she left chickens in there. It's weird that <laughs> there there are different chickens. It's like the cap the Capulets and the Montagues. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they cannot mix. <laughs> okay, so in the barn, she finds that Jim's body 
um, in their barn, the Stoller's barn. She finds Jim's body uh, and an altar to her. Is it an altar to her? I thought she was using Jim's body for her painting so she could get like a likeness. But then she decided not to do the face. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. John's estranged fiance, Melissa, arrives, reciting a ritual of exorcism, but is attacked by Faith's mother, Louisa. That's what I meant about uh, Melissa just sort of like waking up from a nightmare. Yeah, but she looks kind of witchery. She's got her hands out all weird. Because she's trying to, she's trying to get rid of the incubus. It's an exorcism. Wearing a white gown. Yeah, okay. okay. It's the middle of the night. There's a lot of nightgowns in this, by the way. This is nightgown city. Faith and Louisa, who hate the Hittites. Uh, have been the black-clad... It just says they've been the black-clad figures murdering them. Martha struggles with them and tears open Faith's shirt, revealing her to be a man who's been in love with Martha. That's why I meant by an altar to her. Mm. They pursue Martha to Our Blessing, which is the name of her farm. I don't know why we have to go into that. Uh, There, Lana kills Louisa, and a uh, late-arriving Melissa stabs Faith to death. In a religious fervor, Melissa threatens Martha next, but an even more late-arriving Isaiah (laughs) assures her that the messenger of the incubus has already been killed. Yeah, and then everybody's hunky-dory, so you're like, oh, the Hittites are now going to get along with Martha because the evil has been quelled. That's the the fucking weirdest thing, is that he's like, oh, no, 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 the messenger of the incubus is dead, meaning uh, Louisa and and Faith, probably most specifically Faith. So why have they hated Martha all along? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that makes zero fucking sense. They're just like, no, no, no. Because they couldn't pinpoint. They who, weren't sure who the who incubus, the incubus belonged incubus to. Was whispering to. I don't get that because whatsoever. I don't know necessarily if the two neighbor ladies who end up being the murderers have anything to do with the incubus because there's nothing that co- that connects them to anything supernatural. Ah, uh, Kim, so, but that's why they hated the Hittites because they were in. Affected by the incubus. But what if their evil doings like created a environment ripe for the incubus to infiltrate? Because the incubus really latches on to Lana, who is just this visitor at Martha's farm. Is this too deep? Am I getting too in the weeds here? No, Kim, because I do think it is a bit of a circular nature. Like, I think you, you it's one of those movies that's just kind of like, oh, we start where we begin. We end where we began. It's a snake eating its own tail. Is it? It's kind of nightmare logic-y and like, have we always been here? Have we always been the janitor at this crazy hotel? Wait, where are you getting that from? Uh, it's it's just in the, the, the textural quality of the nightmare imagery of this movie. And most specifically- underdeveloped (laughs) no no i'm saying that it's a (laughs) it's an emotionally resonant film (laughs) you know (laughs) you have to just feel this movie with your heart kim you can't just watch this kind of movie with your eyes yeah so um you need to take a a big edible (laughs) and you just need to wallow in it okay Let's go through the final, the yeah. final <laughs> Let's do that. moment of the film. Can't fucking wait. Uh, Martha comes back to her farmhouse alone because her friends have left. Everything's cool now. We figured out who the killers are. Everything's all happy. Nice, you know, beautiful farm. Sun is rising. The, the life will go on again. Everybody's happy. And just as she closes the door and the fucking lights dim because somebody has blacked out the windows. And the windows get blacked out. Yeah, right? She starts hearing the the, the disembodied voice of her dead husband. And the best lighting of the whole movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's just like fades into existence. Like the ghost of Christmas fucking past. Hell, yeah. Got the fucking Marleys here to warn Martha. He's like, Martha, look out for the incubus. And you're like, what? Huh? (laughs) Okay. Is this part? Part two. <laughs> it's insane because, like, there's been no hint that maybe people will come back from the dead to warn other people yeah, about anything. Yeah, and like his grave was desecrated hours ago. <laughs> and so why didn't? Why now? <laughs> and she's just like, cool, weird, odd that that happened, and then blam, a fucking like ghoul, grim reaper motherfucker pops out of the floorboards. 
huge red eyes, grabs Martha and just sinks her back into the ground. Where the floorboards, like uh, smoke billows back down and the floorboards yeah, like place themselves. Reverse filmmaking. Oh, it is God. fan fucking tastic. Incredible. I would watch the movie again just to watch those floorboards click back into place. I was just yeah. like, ooh, that's yummy. I like it more than Jason popping out of the water on Friday the 13th, I think. Recency bias, maybe, but uh, it's way more stylized. Like, if it was a calm water, and then boom, you know, Jason comes out of it, grabs, you know, grabs a. It would be cool if they girl. played that backwards, like the yeah! water's going the wrong yeah! direction. But yeah, those fucking floorboards. I have no idea what's going on, nope. why the motivation. I honestly thought the film was going to end, and I said this aloud. I was like, because her door was filled with bullet holes, because the finale is oh, yeah. very gun heavy. A lot of guns. Uh, all of the farmer ladies are shooting at each <laughs> there's long guns there's short guns there's pistols everybody's you know having a wild west shootout in this farmhouse and so her door is fucked up and now she's in a better place with the hittites and i was like oh, are they gonna build her a door is that how this is gonna end like they're gonna build her a door and there's peace in the in farmland no the <laughs> fucking incubus is gonna come out of hell and collect someone <laughs> fucking loved it what a killer ending. My mouth was on the floor. It it also, you know, sort of like hints towards uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Or at the very least, you know, he's borrowing from it for the end of Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, you've got a, st- a similarly surprising ending with Freddy popping through the door and grabbing Mom. And for a movie that spends its entire time only dancing with Supernatural and, and just really, yeah. like, hinting at it, it's the nutmeg on the pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. Like, it is just a taste of Supernatural. And then to just end it like that, it's such a exclamation mark. For a movie that's will we, won't we, are they, aren't they, mm-hmm. it's jarring. Yeah, it's it's rad. It's so fucking cool. Most modern horror movies have all that, too. Like, oh, yeah, sure, you're dealing with some stuff in your real life, like a person trying to kill you, so of course it's going to give you nightmares. And like, oh, but, oh, maybe it's possibly supernatural, but of course that, that thread gets dropped real quick in a modern or horror movie. The, and unfortunately, modern horror movies are like, oh, it's a mental health thing. And you're like, ugh. Yeah, right? So You show a character like, taking two pills out of a prescription bottle and everything's explained. Yeah, this movie does all of that, but then goes like the extra 11 steps forward to to let you know that it was intentional and like we were actually going to do something with this. We did wait until the last final fucking <laughs> seconds of the movie. By the way, it was also an incubus. Man. There uh, were there were evil religious people. There was uh, murderers who had gender issues, and there was also an incubus. All three things were true. Incredible. That's that never happens. This movie is operating on a completely different level. I loved it. Like I think I, we we are recording this in 2022. Currently, a hundred percent. Like one of my favorite discoveries of the year. Holy shit, this movie was... This movie made zero sense. Like, let me just say that right now. I'm not, like, trying to be I- I- ironic and saying this is a masterpiece or anything. Just, like, I fucking loved it. I know it's a bad movie. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I know it's a bad movie objectively. But me personally, really, really dug this movie. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm getting the sense you disagree completely. No, I'm, oh. I'm really happy for you. I appreciate this movie. <laughs> A lot for doing all of those things. I don't have a butt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, but give me your rating. Like, what? How do you rate this movie? I don't think we necessarily have anything else we need to talk about. Yeah, two, two, two out of four. Yeah. Okay, I get that. I'm giving this a three and a half out of four. <laughs> it's a way too much fun. Way, way too much fun. I really, really dug it. And I think, you know, I think the parts where, like, we're dealing with an actual horror movie and scares and, and tension and suspense are all masterfully done. Like, all that stuff is great. You can totally see Wes Craven in each of those moments and, like, would continue to go on to just perfect all that stuff and, you know, become the guy that you know. Yeah, this movie is weird. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. It's absolutely insane. I am, I'm still figuring it out oh there's nothing to figure out (laughs) you've got it (laughs) you've 100 percent got it you're just trying to figure out if you want to give it a 1.5 out of 4 and i get that i totally understand it was between a two and a three i was just like did i like it (laughs) the ending i 
did I like the ending? It can it can not be conventionally good and yeah, still be a movie you rock with. Just fucking a, rock with surprise it. Surprise can be a rating. I was surprised. That's my rating. Damn, man. This was a, a absolutely refreshing watch for me. It was all, I will concur with uh, refreshing. Yeah. If you are feeling a little burned out on horror movies, because that can happen from time to time, we're casually obsessed. We have to watch movies that aren't horror movies, so that way we appreciate horror movies more. Uh, <laughs> if you are burned out and you are just looking for that Rosetta Stone that's going to lock you back into the genre, this Don't is the fucking this. movie. <laughs> this is the movie, I'm telling you. Well, maybe at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. We watched this at midnight. It was, the, it was the absolute right time for it. I'm reinvigorated. I could watch anything right now. <laughs> Give me a bullshit elevated A22 horror movie, and I, I'm, I'm primed for it I today. think the best way to present this movie to somebody is pretend that you're- There go Kim's headphones. They're sliding <laughs> oh, right off that oh. towel. <laughs> um. <laughs> Pretend that they're about to watch, you know, a Stephen King Children of the Corn and then just put this on. Oh, that's fun. Oh, yeah. It's a Stephen King thing. <laughs> you know, things among the corn watch. <laughs> but hey, that's just our opinion, guys. Please, God, let us know what you thought of Deadly Blessing. I'm really, really, really encouraging you to check this one out. Like, I get it. You know, you see the poster. You understand that maybe a movie like Maniac Cop, not for you, and you skip it. This is is required viewing especially having come from a guy like Wes Craven you need to see this you need to complete your Wes Craven filmography rewatch there's still a whole bunch of blank spots that we have we gotta fill those in I gotta get Kim to watch the fucking vampire in Brooklyn Um, but I do think you owe it to yourself as a horror fan to watch Deadly Blessing and let us know over on Twitter uh, your rating. Uh, you can reach us at NOFS Podcast or talk with us in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash discord. Throw us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to this podcast, especially Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really helps the show. And if you've been a longtime fan of Nightmare on Film Street and you want more content and to support the show, head to nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub to join our Patreon. We'll be back again next Thursday with another episode of the show. But until then, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. 